Good morning, Bogart Tov. Buenos dias. This is Shanna Fold here with the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm here to give you the headlines so you can get caught up quickly. You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Thursday, August 19th. 2021 in the Gregorian calendar and the 11th of Elul 5781 in the Hebrew calendar. I've been a little sick with a head cold this week, but I'm feeling much, much better today. So I'm feeling like today is a party in comparison to yesterday, but I am still waiting for a COVID result. I'm sure that it'll come in soon. It's my second test this week. My first one was negative. I just wanted to be extra, extra safe and make sure that my head cold wasn't something more. So if you notice that my voice isn't quite as sharp as usual, that is why. And I'm very excited to get this show out today. Let's get to the news. The Times of Israel is reporting that starting next month, everyone in Israel will be eligible for a third COVID vaccine booster shot, including anyone over the age of 12. Currently, the only people to get a third shot are people over the age of 50 or those who are immunocompromised here in Israel. Apparently, the data from the booster shot campaign that's been going on this past month is showing promising results. And Israel is really going through it right now with the country taken by storm from the Delta variant. This country just a few months ago had 200 cases, and now we have thousands. So the country is really looking for ways to scale it back. Hassan Nasrallah, Hezbollah's leader, made a statement to the U.S. and Israel saying the group is bringing a shipment of oil on a tanker to Lebanon to help alleviate the crisis plaguing the country and have asked that the U.S. and Israel not interfere with the ship with the shipment. He says the second it sets sail from Iran, it is Lebanese territory. It's come to my attention that a lot of people don't understand the regional players and the organizations, terrorist groups. I just want to give a really simple roundup for those who don't understand and don't know. Hezbollah is a terrorist regime with Iranian heads. Okay, it's an Iranian organization with a leg in Lebanon, and it's very rampant in Lebanon. Okay, Hamas is in Gaza. This is a Palestinian group. And the Taliban is a similar Islamic revolutionary force in Afghanistan. All of these terror organizations all are under the concept that the world needs to be run by Islamic rule, and each of them study this. I'm going to get into this a little bit more later. I wrote something up I wrote something up for the show, but I just wanted to make sure that everybody is on the same page. Hezbollah is in Lebanon from Iran. Hamas is in Gaza. They're Palestinian. The Taliban is in Afghanistan. A lot of people are really confused, and I just want to make it crystal clear so that when people are talking, they know what they're talking about. An update from the Jerusalem fire we've been covering all week. Experts believe it was full-blown arson. After taking a look at satellite images, the fire was started Sunday at 3 p.m. and raged on for 52 hours, ruined 25,000 dunams of land, and killed tens of thousands of animals that were unable to get out of the Jerusalem hills fast enough 
before the flames engulfed them. Ynet, the news site, got these satellite images from NASA, and the photos had led experts to believe three people all around two and a half miles away from one another set the fires in concession. I'll be keeping you updated on this story as soon as we get more information about who these arsonists might be, what their motivation was. I'm very interested, and I'm also heartbroken about all of the deer and wild animals that were killed in this Jerusalem fire. Very disturbed about it. Despite Hamas sent over two rockets from Gaza to Israel within the last week, the country is permitting construction materials into the Strip. Hamas warned Israel that if they didn't do this, it would be attacked violently. The IDF did not respond to the two rockets that were flown over. One of the rockets did not make it over the border from Gaza into Israel. The other was destroyed by Israel's Iron Dome defense system, so nobody was hurt in these two rocket launches. Nevertheless, they were rocket launches, and they were the first ones since the bloody 11-day violent spree between Hamas and Israel back in May. Around 1,800 Gazan laborers and traders are also entering Israel Israel now for the first time since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Israel has not allowed Qatari cash to be passed through the border and has caused major tension as a result. Israeli security officials say there has been progress during indirect talks with Hamas that were coordinated by the UN regarding the cash transfer from Qatar to the enclave. Wednesday, so that was yesterday, the head of Egyptian intelligence came to Israel to meet Prime Minister Naftali Bennett and Defense Minister Benny Gantz to talk about further mediation efforts with Hamas as well. I want to explain the Qatari money thing. Qatar sends cash payments to Gaza to help the people survive there, basically. And these cash payments need to be brought through via either Israel or Egypt because Gaza is blockaded on both sides. It's a little strip between Israel and Egypt. Right now, the Palestinian groups are deciding whether or not to continue rioting at the border of Israel and sending over explosives or to agree on a settlement with Israel. Okay, so those are the mediation efforts that we were talking about. And that is all according to Ynet News. It seems that crime in this country comes in rapid concession, and we're going to need to give, unfortunately, another police blotter, as they would call them in the United States, where I'm from. That's usually, there's a little column in the newspaper, and it tells you all of the crime. We had some unfortunate incidents within the last day. An Arab man is seriously injured after being stabbed last night, so that's Wednesday night, by a group of Jewish men in the Machen Yehuda market, or the Shuk area in central Jerusalem. The man is thought to be around 19 years old and is recovering and Sharetzedek Hospital in Jerusalem. They say he's in stable condition, but has serious injuries. According to Wala, which is a digital news site in Hebrew, the young man was waiting for a ride home from work when he was approached by a group of Jewish Israeli men who were looking for a fight. It was a witness who said that those men were looking for a fight. That's what they told Wala. He told Israeli media that the crew stabbed the young man a slew of times all over his body. A 53-year-old woman in the South was stabbed to death early this morning, and the police have her 29-year-old son in custody as the prime suspect. She was killed in the city of Sterot, which is just over the Gaza border in Israel. First responders arrived when neighbors heard screaming and called the authorities. Megan Davida Dome broke down the door 
entered her home and found her unconscious on the floor with major wounds across her body. Though medics tried to patch her up, they were the wounds were fatal and they pronounced her dead on the scene. The state comptroller's office recently released a report saying that there's been inadequate funding for domestic violence and that the lack of budget is making it tough for women to get the services that they need. This is something that I've been talking about a lot and if you've heard me in any of the interviews that I've taken lately, I've taken about four or five interviews by fellow podcasters who wanted to highlight me and my work, and they ask me questions about what's going on in the Israeli government. This is what I talk about, okay? I talk about the need for this new government to come together and put together a budget. People ask me, what do you think of the new government? I say, it's not necessarily about the new government. It's about having a government and having a government that can offer a budget. We have not had a budget in years and this is directly preventing the people of Israel from getting services that used to be provided by the government and then stopped getting provided for. This is what I'm talking about. Women who may have called up a hotline but perhaps because there's no budget it's been scaled back. Instead of having a 24-hour hotline, the hotline is only operating for four hours a day. These are the things that I'm talking about. I'm talking about young kids who go to Gan, which is the kindergarten or preschool here. That is supposed to be subsidized. All of these government programs are a part of the budget. And without a budget, people are left to their own devices. And that's what government is supposed to do. It's supposed to fill the gap. So this is very important to me. If you are getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, send over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News slash support. Subscribers will get a handwritten thank you note and a little poem from me that I come up with myself to let you know how thrilled we are to have your support. Thank you for your interest in being up to date on Israeli affairs, Israeli politics, our world politics. As you'll see in today's show, we have one central link in the show notes, which you can click on, and that will take you to the page where you too can make a contribution and feel good knowing that you are supporting independent journalism. We have our website up. We had an issue with it. It's up. Check it out at israeldaily.news. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Number two, you can share the show with a friend. And number three, you can follow us on social media at israeldaily.news as well as Shanafold. My name has two ends in it and I'm very sensitive about that. A lot of people have been covering the Taliban takeover in Afghanistan and asking me how it affects Israel. I'll say this. The Taliban is a religious extremist group organized by leaders who have studied specific ideologies and religious texts for decades and have taught their disciples the same ideas in school, okay, in, in classrooms. This is how it goes for so many extremist groups like Hezbollah or Al-Qaeda, and all of these groups are set in eradicating Western presences from their societies and rule with Islamic law. But this time, it's just happening super rapidly and in a widespread manner in Afghanistan. The trend is pretty clear and present. However, how does it affect Israel? I'm looking for the perfect expert to discuss this topic with me on Instagram Live, as I do. So I'll work to bring that person to you soon. I'm in communication with an Israeli here who used to be in the U.S. Army, and she was deployed in Afghanistan. She says that this topic is hitting really close to home. It's very sensitive for her. She's debating if she wants to talk to us about this on Instagram Live. In the meantime, I'm going to give you my takeaway from this experience, which is that people who are seeing this 
need to take the threat of Hezbollah and Hamas more seriously because they follow a very similar method. And I think that the international community should use this Taliban experience as a window into the threats that Israel has been crying out to the world about in the past 30 to 40 years. Israel has come to the international stage and said, this is an issue for us. Believe us. Reports are out saying Hamas leader called the Taliban leader to congratulate him over officially defeating the U.S. occupation and literally said the demise of the U.S. occupation is a prelude to the demise of the Israeli occupation of the land of Palestine. And mind you, he is not talking about segments of the West Bank, segments of East Jerusalem that are occupied. He is simply talking about the Jewish existence and presence in this land and calling that the Israeli occupation of the land of Palestine. I want you to think about this and we're going to come back to this hopefully in a more in-depth interview in which I can have an expert really talk about this relationship. Did you ever think drugs like LSD, magic mushrooms, or ecstasy could be used to treat neurological disorders like post-traumatic stress disorder or depression? An Israeli pharmaceutical company, Next Stage, based in Nesiona, is doing exactly that. But first, there is a huge hurdle, and it's not even based on legal problems. Next Stage has developed what it calls a brain-targeting liposome system, or BTLS for short. It's a delivery technology that gets drugs into the brain safely without harming the rest of the body. The company believes this system could refine the use of psychedelic molecules, also known Known as hallucinogens, to better treat these patients. Clinical depression and other neurological disorders have become a pandemic of its own, almost as widespread as the coronavirus itself. One in six of the world's population is currently suffering with neurological disorders. The BTLS system was licensed and developed in the Technion, the Israeli Institute of Technology, four years ago, and then it was improved upon by the company Next Stage, which forms a protective sphere around a drug-like psilocybin, which is actually the active ingredient in psychedelic mushrooms. An arrow-like modification of the sphere lets it puncture the brain's molecular armor, delivering small amounts of the drug safely directly into the brain where its effects can actually be studied. Next stage, CEO Abraham Driesen says, I think psychedelics in Israel are just emerging, and we are the first public company to really put our teeth into it. Israel has always been in the forefront of research and development, and we are committed to spearheading this industry. Pretty cool. I love to see new developments. We're going to keep you updated if this moves ahead. Super awesome. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Thursday, August 19th, 2021. Tel Aviv has a low of 24 degrees Celsius and a high of 30 degrees. That's 75 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 86 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. Thank you to our business development intern, Farifold, who helped us remodel our website and is currently trying to get our show on major radio stations around the world. I invite you to check out our website at israeldaily.news. Also, thank you to Dr. Steve Shallot, who brought us our medical story today, and Yogesh Kumar from India, who is responsible for the artwork on our Instagram page about the psychedelic drugs. That's his piece of art. Plus, of course, thank 
thank you to Michelle Milner for her social media work. I'll send you off today with Disconnection by Erica Kroll. She's a talented Israeli DJ. And tonight she has a show on Rothschild. I'm super excited about it, hoping that I'll be able to make it over there later tonight if everything goes well. And I invite you to have an excellent and productive day and a great weekend. Shabbat shalom, everyone.